When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Fly ball, deep left field. Did he get it? Did he get it? Clear the deck. Cannonball coming. Oh, Henry. His first big league home run. Jumped on it. You are listening to Rum Buncher Radio. It's Friday. It is Friday, June the 23rd. It's been a crazy week. A lot has been going on here. And uh, the Pirates, they find themselves on a 10-game losing streak shocker, right? I mean, this team is, uh, in the last week, in the last two weeks, really has gone from first place, couple game, half game up for a few days, a couple days, and uh, now they find themselves in fourth place, struggling. Um, not a win in their last 10, as crazy as it is. I don't know if you guys listened to that episode when we were all at the Federal Galley in Pittsburgh the day after we recorded that, the day that episode released. That was the last time the Pirates won a baseball game. It's been a while. But hey, guys, there's some, uh, there's some fun going on here in Pittsburgh to go along with the losing as well. Henry Davis promoted since the last time we recorded. And now uh, timely news coming out this morning as we, uh, as we get set to record. If you're listening on this Friday, Nick Gonzalez promoted to the major leagues today. This, uh, this news confirmed by Jason Mackey. Um, what a crazy week, guys. Let's get into all this. <laughs> There's a lot going on here. So uh, I'm going to let you gentlemen take the lead. But um, let's start with Nick Gonzalez. Nick Gonzalez promoted uh, with the number seven overall pick in that 2020 draft. A guy that's kind of struggled at times. Had, you know, stretches where he's looked really hot. Um, but now getting promoted to Pittsburgh. Why now, guys? And uh, how are we feeling about this move? Marty, you want to get us started here? Yeah, I'll kick us off because I just wrote yesterday on the site actually about, you know, it, it might be time to just see what Nick Gonzalez can do. Um, he's a guy I've always had some concerns with with his swing. Um, there, There is a hole in it. It leads to a lot of swing and miss, but to his credit, he has improved that this year. Um, but it, it, in recent weeks, Gonzalez had a shorter injury in April that cost him, I think, about two weeks or so. It was a little slow coming off the injured list when he came back in May. But since May 29th, so, you know, not a huge sample size, but in 68 plate appearances, he's hitting 279 with a 444 on base, a 500 slugging percentage. He's walking at a 20% clip and striking out a 24% clip, which I mean, 24% strikeout rate is right about average or so. But for him, that's really good. Um, and my whole premise was you're getting nothing from second base. G1 Bay is not a good offensive player. Rodolfo Castro cannot hit right-handed pitching to save his life. Tucapita Marcano, for everything he does bring to the table with his defensive flexibility and speed, again, not a good hitter. 
Um, you, you need something. This offense is struggling. This team is in a rut. Um, and then you throw in the fact that Gonzalez was, as you said, Trey, the number seven overall pick in the 2020 draft. At some point, you got to see what you got in the kid. He was an advanced college hitter. He's 24. Um, you know, you've got to see, is he the long-term answer at second base? So I'm not surprised we're seeing him. Um, if anything, I would have guessed they would have waited till they're back in Pittsburgh on Tuesday because they tend to like to have the have players debut at PNC Park. But yeah, let's see what he can do. I'm excited to see it. I think at this point, you could just throw him at second base. I think what you need to do is you throw him at second base every day the rest of the season. It's time to sink or swim for Nick Gonzalez, and let's find out. Let's find out what he is and if he's part of the future. Yeah, I mean, one of the big concerns with Gonzalez coming out was he had impressive offensive numbers, but he played in New Mexico, which is a you know, with the similar to Colorado in terms of the elevation playing a factor in um, offense potentially. But, you know, there was the idea that he had to leap at the ball skills. Um, as Marty said, he got exposed. But I think that was also part of just him having trouble staying on the field. He's battled injuries. Like you said, he had a shoulder thing this year. Last year, he was in a walking boot for most of the middle of the season. So, you know, there's definitely some – reservations but when you look at where the team is right now like you said it's it's time um he was a first first round pick um potentially you know it could have been a top five pick many expected that that to be the case but he's a guy that could be a real difference maker for this team now and down the road um and he's he should be he's expected to be like you said marty the fact that we see that strikeout rate dropping, that is, that's very positive. You know, that's what we want to see because if he can refine that and, you know, cut down on his swing and miss, like you said, even a league average with his offensive ability, with the pop he has, um, you know, you like that upside, especially at second base. And currently it's just, you know, I think it shows that there is starting to be a little more of a sense of urgency. I think the organization feels that, you know, that optimism, that positive energy fans had at the beginning of the year is officially gone. <laughs> um, you know, they saw the electric environment that PNC Park had when Henry Davis came up. Um, you know, it was a Monday night game and that was probably more full than a lot of weekend games last year. So, you know, it's like you said, it's a little different bringing them up on the road, but I think that also just shows a little bit of the urgency that mm -hmm. they're trying to get this fixed. So as much as like, I don't want to give them a pat on the back because, you know, they could have did this a month ago instead of playing around with super two, but you know, at the same time, like it is what it is. And, you know, I'm just glad to see them calling up their, their best option at this point. Yeah. And, and you know, it's to me, I, I think, like you said, it's the urgency. If you look at what they've gotten out of second base this year, um, and this was going into last night's game when G1 Bay was what, over four or three strikeouts or something like that, going into that game. Um, pirate second base in this year at a 247, 322, 363 slash line and a negative war. 
Um, so it, it's not going to be hard for Gonzalez to come up and at least give you that. So we'll see what happens here. But I think the biggest thing is, like I said, you, you it's got to be sink or swim time for him. You put him at second base. You have him play second base every day the rest of the season. And, you know, it'll be a little over three months worth of playing time. And while that's not always going to be all tell-all on a player, that's a big enough sample size where you can probably start to determine moving forward, okay, is Nick Gonzalez our opening day second baseman in 2024? Do we need to try and do something there? Yeah, and, you know, it's good that they didn't wait longer than this. Uh, I think it was frustrating that they did play around with Super 2 with both of these these gentlemen. But, um, you know, at least on June the 23rd, uh, we're seeing him called up, not August the 23rd. Uh, but, you know, we were texting about it last night. This really is going to be kind of make or break for the Pirates here at second base. Um, a lot of middle, middle infield options, a lot of talent. But, you know, Nick Gonzalez, I think, has kind of been the the prospect at second base since 2020. And he was one of the first guys, um, you know, one of the first building blocks in this rebuild for Ben Sherrington and this regime. And you said it, Nick. I mean, we were all worried. This is a kid that plays in New Mexico, high elevation. Um, he was the Cape Cod MVP that that summer he got drafted, I believe. But, um, you know, there's there's some reason to be anxious when he was drafted and, um, you know, to see if that power would translate. We saw a powerful spring. Um, we, we are seeing those strikeout numbers go down. So there's reason to be excited here. Um, just in a, a much more exciting summer, much more exciting June, I guess, than uh, than a year ago. And obviously at the top of the month, we were sitting here saying, look at the schedule. You know, the Pirates still in first place, tied for first place right there. Uh, in the division and um, you know a favorable schedule throughout the month of June it hasn't gone very well obviously but uh, you know you can get amped up about these kinds of things um, you know I was going to ask what do you guys think about uh, positionally but you said it Marty I think seeing Nick Gonzalez every day at second base is uh, is truly the right option um, and you know hopefully we get to see it for the first time tonight as uh, Pirates Marlins game two Get set. We're going to recap what happened last night in game number one there in a little bit. But, uh, Nick, you were at the Henry Davis debut. What was it like there, man? What was the energy like in the ballpark? And um, as we kind of transition over to uh, maybe the, the top headline of the week, Henry Davis promotion, just talk about what that night was like and, and how cool that, um, you know, that whole game was. Yeah, I mean, like I said um, before, it was – I kind of knew that – had a feeling he was getting called up. Um, just based off that AAA lineup on Sunday, um, being that the Pirates were home also, like we just talked about, that made sense to me. So, you know, it was cool. Um, the place, you could tell, like, it was – it just felt different. There's a lot of people um, heading to the ballpark, and there's a lot of people in the ballpark. But but I guess I just mean, like, it was – there was a buzz outside. It was busy. There's people trying to get tickets at roll call. Like, it was – you know, just exactly what I was hoping it would be. Honestly, it was, you know, like I said, it was good for a Monday night game. They, um, you know, when he hit that double, you know, I think everyone that was cheering for the Pirates jumped up, you know, it was overall, like, I think for Henry, at least, I think it was a good debut. Like, you know, it, it went well for him overall. He got on base twice. The crowd was definitely like aware of him and behind him, um, you know, and the wrinkle and all that, which I think probably the thing that stood out the most that night and it's been talked about a little bit already is uh, Austin Hedges being booed. Um, you know, just 
as a former baseball player, you know, I'm, I'm not claiming that, but you know, I, it's, just, it's hard for me to see that, you know, the guy obviously is not trying to hit 170. you know, he would hit <laughs> better than that if he could, you know, and it's just, I'm not, I'm not saying the Pirates should keep him in the lineup, but it's, it's just tough. You know, it's tough to see someone, you know, get well, booed at what they're I trying mean, to do. You, you know, know do, do you think it's almost the fans booing at the front office there? And Hedges is just kind of the, you know, yeah. the middleman? Mm-hmm. I think in a way for sure. Yeah, I think it's like more of the idea of Hedges than it is the person. Like, you know, I think by all accounts, he seems like a great guy. And like, you know, respecting the clubhouse and everything. So I, I think what you're saying is probably accurate. It just it kind of it caught me off guard. I was at the game with my brother who he likes to go to a couple games a year. He kinda he knows what's kinda going on with the pirates, but he, he doesn't follow them by any means, especially, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, he's probably not following like you are. But, you know, he was uh he was very confused, honestly. <laughs> he was he was like, what the heck? I'm like, well, you know, that's because the people want Davis catching because Hedges is unfortunately like having a pitcher in the lineup right now. So, but anyhow, overall, um, you know, it was exciting. He's struggled a little bit since, but he's had good at bats. I would say, even though he hasn't had hits, he's grounded out pretty hard to shortstop a few times. And of course, you know, last night, um, you know, he hit his first big fly. So that was exciting to see, um, you know, that power show up. Marty, what do you think uh, as far as the future for Henry Davis in the field? I enjoy seeing him in the outfield. Um, you know, would like to see him behind the plate. Maybe not every night, uh, but but just to, to see him get that experience here within the next month or so. What do you think um, as far as the rest of the season goes, Henry Davis needs to be doing position-wise? I mean, what I think he needs to be doing and what he's going to do are two totally different things. They've made it very clear at this point that he's not going to catch. Um, he should be. Um, to me, your your best defensive setup in the outfield is G1 Bay in center and, and Jack Swinski in right. And, yeah, Davis can provide an upgrade of what you're getting offensively in right field, but it's not nearly the upgrade he would provide over the catcher position. Um you know, it, it's not it's not the same scenario as Andy Rodriguez, in my opinion, where for Andy, with his bat, he has to stick a catcher to really reach that potential value that he could bring you as a prospect. Davis's bat is going to give you enough offense from any position. Um, but, I mean, the rest of the year, I fully expect us to see what we've seen. Right field, DH on days, McCutcheon is off. Um I don't think we're going to see him catch very much, if at all. I think the only scenario where we potentially really see Henry Davis catch, um, I mean, I'm sure he'll get a start or two, but I think the most likely scenarios where we see him catch is if you have a game where whoever starts between hedges and delay gets pinch hit for, the game carries on. Whoever came in then also gets pinch hit for and you move Davis to catcher. But I, I don't think we're going to see much of him catching, which is extremely frustrating. Um, a big part of what made him the number one overall pick was that elite offensive potential from the catcher position. But like I said, he's got the bat that'll play anywhere to reach his full value. 
Um, Andy Rodriguez is not in that boat, in my opinion. But until Andy was up, I would like to see Davis catch some. But I just don't think we're going to see it. Yeah, I mean, the guy hasn't even caught a, you know, a bullpen session in Pittsburgh yet. So probably not, um, you know, at least for for the next few weeks. But uh, got to have hope here. And, um, you know, just kind of circle back to I'm with you, Nick. I mean, it's sad to see see anybody get booed, you know, a veteran that has come in and that is going to mentor Henry Davis uh, while people are calling for him to, uh, you know, to replace Hedges there. So um, just an unfortunate situation, but that's it's all around the lineup. I mean, this team is not scoring runs. This has been, um, you know, as bad as, as it gets. I think it's, what, five runs? It was five runs from Friday night to the start of this series in Miami. Um, just embarrassing what this team has done. And, and, you know, that's the thing about about Monday night, too. Such a cool night, you know, so, a night where the ballpark's packed, a night where you can, um, you know, really uh, feel good about the ball club, and, and they go out there and get smoked. Davis does get the double, but um, just just been a tough stretch here, gentlemen, and um, you know, another tough headline this week, Brian Reynolds hits the IL. Cody Bolton is uh, who is called up to replace him here. Um, how long do you think this was going on, guys? Obviously, there's something kind of lingering there. Um, you know, do you guys think Brian Reynolds has kind of been dealing this for a while and it was just finally time to, uh, to go ahead and go to the aisle? I mean, I certainly think that's possible. Um, Greg Brown even hinted at as much on the, on the broadcast last night of, you know, obviously you're never going to know, but you do wonder if Reynolds has been dealing with this for a while. I mean, you look at Reynolds, he's having a fine season. Um, it's not like his numbers are really struggling, but um, I'm sure it's something that's been bothering him and, you know, has impacted his play to some ability. So hopefully this is a quick stay on the IL. I mean, obviously the offense needs all the help they can get. Losing their best hitter is not – is not a good thing for any lineup, especially this one. So uh, hopefully this will be a, a quick a quick IL trip for Reynolds. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, it's like you said, it's not been a, a poor season by any means. But, um, you know, the back, that area, you never want to mess around with. So um, hopefully a quick stint here. Uh, a lineup that did not need to lose Brian Reynolds has lost Brian Reynolds. But, hey, you know, we get uh, more potential power in Nick Gonzalez coming to the bigs today. Cody Bolton, um, you know, getting another chance here. Do you guys like that promotion? Do you think that was the right move to replace Reynolds? No. <laughs> I mean, who else are you going to call up? The, like, I know. That's – no, I know. <laughs> that, that's the problem. Like, I'm, I mean, Colin Selby, hopefully, you know, you ride him back off the injured list, let him get a couple outings under his belt in AAA, and then we see him up here. But you're, they're, they're running out of pitching. They're, they're running out of pitching with injuries. Last night's game – was a fine example. I mean, Dowry Moreta, as good as he's been and as big a part of this bullpen long-term, I think he could be. Looks like a kid who's in his first full major league season, has been overused and needs some time down, and the Pirates don't have the ability to give him that right now. Um, so, you know, I mean, I know Shelton's going to get ripped for the way he managed the bullpen in that game, but it's like Moreta, other than Bednar, is undoubtedly your best reliever available right now. And going to Carmen Majinski, like, A, who else you going to go to there? And B, like, what the hell? Throw the kid out there and see what he does. Like, it's not – to me, I know people don't want to hear this, but, like, this season in a matter of 10 days has become, you know what, let's just throw stuff, see what sticks, and try and see what what's, can be here for next year. They're, what, eight games back now, I think, of the Reds? Seven or eight, you're not going to catch them. It's done. It's done. You're not winning the division. Any hope of any of that is out the window at this point. Um, so put kits in like Majinski in a position like that and see what they do. But 
yeah, I mean, with Bolton, I just feel like you didn't really have any other options. I, I would have to look the check, but other than Colin Selby, who they're not going to bring up because he just came off the injury list to AAA, I think every other pitcher on the 40-man roster is either injured or already in the majors other than Bolton. Yeah, I mean, my thing is Bednar has only pitched six times or something like that in the month of June. We haven't had many opportunities this deep in the games to win. And you go to Moretta, who, like you said, he's been good. But, like, at the same time, since he's been pushed deeper into the bullpen or towards more of the back end, I should say, of the bullpen um, and relied on more, like, he's been struggling the last, you know, couple weeks. And it's tough to see because, you know, he was someone that – you felt like, hey, like maybe he should be getting more leverage situations, but you know, last night, like that just can't happen. And like you said, I, I don't know what you do, you know, to help fix this bullpen right now, because um, there's not a whole lot to pull from. But yeah, I don't know. It was a very questionable decision for me for from Derek Shelton. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, like, I, again, I had no issue going to Moretta there, uh, but once the bases were loaded, I understand why he went to Majinski. Don't necessarily have a problem with it, but I would have gone Bednar. And while I don't like using him for multiple innings with a ton of regularity, like you said, Nick, he's not pitched much lately. Um, the team hasn't had a need for him. So I would have been, you know what, as a manager, we need this game bad. David, go out there and give me what you got. Get us six outs and find a way to slam this door shut. And it might not have worked anyway because he was coming in with the bases loaded and nobody out. So Miami was likely going to score a few runs no matter what. But, um, yeah, I, I, I probably would have gone Bednar there with how little he's been used and how badly you needed the victory. But I didn't have a major issue with the way he managed the bullpen either just because, again, like, man, there's not a lot there. There really isn't. Yeah, I mean, I kind of get that also with Bednar. It's like – he hasn't pitched a lot, so at the same time, throwing him into a situation that is unnatural for him might not be the best, you know, thing for his health long term either. And that's something that has caused our bullpen issues is just our overall lack of pitching depth because of injuries. So, you know, I think that, like you said, it was interesting bringing um, Majinski into that situation just to kind of see how he would perform it's tough though to bring in you know a guy who just made his debut a week ago you know bring him in to uh, a bases loaded situation with no outs um you kind of unfortunately i kind of had a feeling of where that was going to go and you know it's nothing against carmen he just is young and you know hopefully he'll just continue to progress and not let that affect him. That's my other fear of that is, you know, a guy like Bednar, he's blown saves before, you know, and he comes out and he's fine the next time, you know, guy like uh, Majinski, who's, you know, young, inexperienced. I just hope it doesn't have too much of a effect on him uh, going forward. Yeah, that's a good point, too. And that that's something that, you know, you definitely want to keep in mind. And that That is a big reason why a lot of times when you see these young relievers come up, no matter how good they are, no matter how good their stuff is, 
you don't always see them used in a ton of high leverage situations and that that's part of it as much as anything is building that confidence. So ho- hopefully that won't be a problem. Yeah. That's why it's risky twofold. You know, it's a high leverage situation for the team, but you know, a, a chance to build confidence perhaps for the player as well, or, you know, a chance for everything to go wrong like it did. And uh, Steve has one in 12 days, put in David Bednar there, but you know, nothing on Carmen. Um, and, you know, I guess you're in Marlins Park, so you do have a fat-ass ballpark, ballpark to play with there. Uh, but it didn't work out. Pirates lose their 10th in a row uh, to start the series there in Miami. Um, you said I'm already thinking it's seven games now behind the, uh, the Cincinnati Reds. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Credit to the Reds for, um, you know, figuring it out here in the month of June. Fun young team. They've turned it around. Not the Cardinals, at least. Uh, but, you know, this has, been, um, this has been a stretch, gentlemen. This has been really difficult. And uh, you said something that um, I thought was hilarious this week, but so accurate, Nick, in our group message. Why does this regime feel so much like the last one, but uh, you know, they just smile a little bit more? And, Marty, you texted us, uh, you know, something pretty novel last night as well, kind of going through what it's going to look like next season and, you know, not just the fact that this season's probably going to get pretty ugly the rest of the way, but, um, you know, there's some question marks at, at many positions. Nick Gonzalez getting promoted today. Um, you know, maybe we get to see what second base looks like a little bit more next season, but uh, this is a scary time, um, and it, it only looks like it's getting worse um, with, with just a bullpen that, that is not close right now and staff that continues to reel. Um, you know, if there's a, if there's a ray of light, I don't think you can give up on Rowan to Contreras quite yet. You have Johan Oviedo, Mitch Keller, obviously, um, in descending order there. And then, you know, we'll see Quinn Priester at some point this season. Uh, you got to hope Mike Burroughs is able to find a way to bounce back and, um, you know, some other help on the way as well. 
But uh, this, is a, this is a tough time, guys. There was one thing that uh, kind of kept us snapping back to, um, you know, the positive mindset over the last month, really the last few months, the, uh, the City Connect jerseys. Nike releasing one for each of the 30 teams really slowly here. I think they're only doing about five teams a season. Found out before the year started the Pirates are going to be one of those teams. Of course, the last making us wait a little bit this year. Uh, but yesterday, City Connect drops. Um, we had seen some leaks going around for about a month now. This has been one of the most leaked jerseys, I think, in the history of leaks. And uh, they will debut these jerseys on the 27th. Gold base, all kinds of patterns going on here. PGH, some really nice touches to connect the city. I know mixed, uh, mixed feelings on these uniforms. Um, Nikki had the article out on it. What were, uh, what were your guys' thoughts on the Pirate City Connect uniforms? Yeah, overall, you know, I thought they were fine. Um, I'm not going to – I didn't dislike them, so that means I guess I like them, you know. Um, I thought they could have done a little more, but when you when you look at the other uniforms across the league, like this actually is, I think, one of the ones that stands out more compared to a lot of other teams. So, you know, I think at least there's that, but, you know, I think there was definitely – more hype um, than the, you know, final result warranted. Yeah, I I would have loved to have seen them incorporate the bridges on it somehow. Um, but at the same time, I, and I, I don't remember if I said this on Twitter or texting somebody or what it was, it feels like the more and more City Connect jerseys we get across baseball, the less and less impressive they are. Um so I don't know. I, I don't love them. I'll probably still buy a hat just because that's what I do. But uh, yeah, I really I really would have liked to have seen the bridges incorporated. And you know, just the 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 neon yellow kind of whatever color they use for the pattern and the inside of it. Just a few things I would change. Um, I think that's kind of the general reaction though. Not ugly. Not horrible. Um, they don't blow you away though. You got. I mean, just some kind of raised bridge behind the letters or something, and um, you know maybe maybe nix the pattern. Um, but, you know, a cool deal there. They incorporate the Three Rivers pattern, the Steel logo, um, and a little bit of bridge for you, Marty. They put it inside the letter, that one little um, circular, I don't even know what to call it, pattern um, inside the wells there on uh, on the bridges. So a little something, but um, overall, thought a pretty cool deal. Uh, black pants are nice as well. So kind of a paying homage to um, the 70s with these uniforms as well here. As they should, uh, they haven't done anything since. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> maybe they just need to bring back every jersey from the 70s. Um, but you know, I think it's cool to have a gold jersey too to, to mix it into the set. Uh, maybe they'll, they'll do a round two here. We can get another alternate at some point, but um, highly anticipated. That is finally here. Uh, something to keep us going <laughs> through June. It has been a really rough month, guys. Marlins Pirates, three more games here. Um, fun, fun getting to watch Luis Arez, uh, who may hit over 400 this season. Marlins kind of a weird team, Brax Garrett. You know what? Thirteen strikeouts last night. Um, sure, hi. Yeah. You know, in his previous strikeouts yeah. last year against the Pirates, thirteen last night against the Pirates. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it is miserable, gentlemen. Um, but this is a Marlins team that that has been a nice little surprise as well this year. Second place in the NL East. Um, your thoughts as we continue through this series here? Maybe some lineups um, you guys want to see, placement of certain guys like Davis, where we expect to see Nick Gonzalez maybe, um, you know, tonight, if he does debut tonight, and uh, just everything else you guys are, are looking forward to the rest of this series in Miami. 
I'm looking forward to Derek Shelton not taking their best hitter out of the lineup after he hits a home run. <laughs> well, he's not talented, Nick. I mean, it's because of the plate appearances. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, yeah, like I'm going to be interested to see how Shelton manages these two first round picks now. Because if I know him, like Gonzalez will be in the lineup tonight and Davis won't be. <laughs> like, it's just like, I, he'll do that and it'll be like a big game for some reason. I guess, you know, you, you made the comment earlier about how I said this regime is starting to feel like the last regime. And, you know, that that's what I mean. It's like, we're like playing around with Henry Davis and like DHing him and playing him in right field and being weird about catching. And it's just like, how about instead of being so, you know, uh, cloudy with the fan base, you just tell us what's going on. Like, Quit trying to hide stuff. Quit trying to make stuff more difficult and more frustrating than it needs to be. Um, you know, that was something they did when they first came in. They were very um, open and honest and clear about their expectations. And now I feel like it's turned into just front office talk and, you know, them not following through on those promises, um, you know, that they spoke about. But like I said, we'll see. If I'm the front office, you know, I'm in Shelton's ear saying like, hey, these guys are these guys are the future. Like we spent, <laughs> you know, between the two of them, they probably spent almost 15, now probably like 12 million dollars in draft capital on them. Like they were they got to be a part of this team and put them in the lineup, put them next to each other in the lineup, let them grow something there. And um you know, don't don't play around. I don't need um, Henry Davis getting a night off. <laughs> yeah, that's – to me, I'm with you. Like, we don't – I don't need to see Cal Mitchell. I don't need to see Josh Palacios. You, you know, once Brian Reynolds is back, I don't need to see Connor Joe every day. Davis and Gonzalez need to play every single day. I mean, obviously they're going to get days off from time to time, but they need to be regulars. They need to be your starters at this point. That's, that's the only way you're going to do what's right for them with their development. And I mean, you feel pretty good that Davis is a big part of this thing moving forward. You're not sure on Gonzalez, but this is how you're going to find out. They, they, they've got to play. No doubt. And, um, you know, I think at this point, for as bad as it's been and as hard as it's been to watch, at least, you know, you feel comfortable playing these guys every day and, and letting them struggle, you know, letting them figure it out a little bit, letting them um, get these at-bats because the team is seven games out now. You know, this is a team that's not still in first. And even if they were in first, I think this is the right way to go about it. You know, bring up power, bring up high potential players that we've all been really excited about for a while. And, uh, you know, even if they're struggling, let them continue to, to figure it out and help this team win. Um, but, you know, this is uh, this is not a winning team anymore. And this is um, going to be a really fun, I guess, couple of weeks to see how these guys can get integrated into this lineup, you know, how they mesh together. And, uh, you know, as, as we get to our top of the trolley here, we begin to wrap it up. Um, I'm going to go keep Brian Hayes. Didn't touch on him too much when he was hot. Cooled down a bit, but uh, a monster home run last night to follow up Davis's big fly. I wanted to reserve that one if, uh, if somebody else wanted it there. But, uh, gentlemen, you're top of the trolley. Nick, why don't you get started? 
Yeah, I think um, seeing Henry Davis get hit by pitch two times in four games, you know, that's one of those things that we we joked about um, a little bit last year because he was hit, I think, like almost 30 times and like just over that double amount of games. But, you know, it's one of those things like it kind of shows that he's not changing his approach. Um, at the big league level. And, you know, we saw that starting to pay off last night. Um, and so I think just seeing Henry Davis look the part, you know, has been the best thing, even even with him not necessarily having a ton of success right away with the bat. You know, he still um, was very much locked in and sticking to the player that he's, you know, he is. Yeah, you know, it's just it's wild with Henry Davis and hit by pitches. He's what five major league games in, four game four games in, excuse me, <laughs> twice. But uh no, I'll go with Henry's home run. Um that thing was just crushed. It was good to see, it was fun to see. Um so yeah, I mean I, I this week is a lot of Henry Davis talk. Uh Trey, like you said, keep Ryan Hayes staying red hot in June, which is great to see. Hopefully that'll continue throughout the rest of the season. But yeah, this this week was like that double yesterday too. Yeah, that first pitch of the game. Like, that was a real – I forget who was playing third. I think it was Birdie. That, that was a really, really good play where I'll set things down to the corner and Hayes is doubling on the first pitch of the game. So, you know, Key's always been a guy who's hit the ball hard. We've talked about that ad nauseum, obviously. But he's finally starting to get a little more lift to it, and we're starting to see the results. Yeah, I was going to say, I saw Fangraphs release something. I think it was yesterday, but might have been a couple of days ago, about Hayes and how he is starting to lift the ball more, and that's why you're seeing – you know, there's a result starting to improve, which, you know, is something we've been talking about on this podcast for two and a half years, but, you know, <laughs> you know hopefully he can uh, find some consistency with it. I guess Andy Haynes must've finally got the memo that hitting hard ground balls is not as productive <laughs> as hitting fly balls. Get the launch angle. Uh, we're seeing it though. And it's been, um, you know, fun to see him kind of come into his own even more this year. Hope that continues. Uh, gentlemen, anything you you want to highlight in the minor leagues? Obviously, some shakeup uh, in Indianapolis this week, but um, you know, Termar Johnson continuing to skull the ball and uh, some good pitching as well. Minor league minute, what you guys got? Tamar Johnson has been impressive. I mean, he hit two home runs in a game this week, this past week, I should say. And I know one of those was off of lefties. Had a couple off lefties this year. He's had some doubles off lefties. You know, that's something that obviously you worry about with lefty um, hitters, you know, coming up, but it doesn't look like that's going to be an issue for him, which again, just justifies, you know, the talent they, they got last year. We've knocked this front office a lot lately. The draft has seemed to, to hold up the only thing they've done well so far. Um, you know, so hopefully we see that with Gonzalez tonight, but you know, overall Jared Jones, he's in triple a now. He had a very uh, good first outing. He gave up some runs, but um, overall, he you know was swing and miss and showing that stuff. And he's someone that you know with the midseason prospect updates probably coming out, he'll probably be entering the top 100 on on some of those lists. I think he already is. I think Baseball America put theirs out, and he's in there. Yeah, jo- Jones was the guy I was going to mention. Um, that first started Indy five and two thirds, three hits two walks, five strikeouts. He gave up three runs, but I, 
I don't know. You can't just look at the box score for him in that start. He left the game with two outs in the sixth inning, the bases loaded, and Daniel Zamora proceeded to walk three straight batters. <laughs> so the three runs scored because a reliever came in and walked three straight guys with the bases loaded. So it wasn't completely on him giving up the failure. It really does. You know, uh, so uh, I, I remember seeing, I forget who it was, but someone on Twitter after the game said Jared Jones should go into the clubhouse and beat the snot out of Zamora, basically. But uh, yeah, no, Jones is one who. You know, like you said, Nick, he should really start to shoot up prospect boards. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't hate, nor would I be surprised to see him get the Roan D. Contreras slash O'Neill Cruz slash Luis Ortiz treatment of maybe getting that September call up to make a couple starts or even if it's just a start ahead of next season. I, I think by this time next year, you know, Jones is going to be what Henry Davis and Andy Rodriguez and that crew has been this year, the guy that everyone's clamoring for to, all right, screw super two. Let's get into the majors. So my question is who do you think we see at the big league level first Jones or Priester? Cool. I am going, I think the only reason I'll say Quinn Priester, because I think Jared Jones is a much better pitcher, the much higher ceiling is again, there are, they're running out of pitching. I, I just, I think there's going to be a scenario at some point this summer where they're going to have to call up Priester. It's not going to be an option because there's not going to have anyone else available. So that's the main reason I'll go Priester. But like, I wouldn't be at all surprised if Jones still beats him here. Like, I think we see Priester this summer because of pitching injuries and struggles, but it's not going to shock me if we get to September, Priester still isn't here. And either Jones beats him up or they both come up together for a September call-up or something like that. Yeah, I think that's more or less what I was getting at is the gap between those guys. And now that actually Jones has surpassed him in terms of, of rankings, but it's just interesting to see because we all felt like it was an aggressive push to get him to AAA already. Mm -hmm. and if he Which, does well, that, that is – you know? That is what, yeah. And that's one thing I will say about this front office I do like is they're aggressive with this stuff. Yeah. Paul Zeiss, you know, I, you probably saw it on Twitter because I quote tweeted it. He, he said, oh, great. So they'll take him and then we won't see him until 2028. I'm like, just like Henry Davis, right? Yeah. Like, like Jones is 21 in AAA like, already. So I don't think people realize a 20 year old pitching in double A and pitching as well as Anthony Solomedo is that doesn't happen. He's That's like three and a half years under the league average. Yeah. Tamar Johnson being sent. I mean, he would be at low A by this point now, but being sent straight to low A last year as a 17 year old. going to be going to high A with all Yeah. Like uh, there's a good shot you're going to see Tamar Johnson as an 18 year old in high A facing pitchers who are 21, 22 years old. Like, the, the, that is one thing this front office has done a good job of is being aggressive with placement and promoting guys when they when they've earned yeah or even Not so much the like we talked about the previous regime with plate appearances and innings yeah. pitched but when it's looks like they've become too good for the level yeah because like look at this year there i mean i everybody knows i i was a big neil huntington guy i thought he did a tremendous job as general manager of the pittsburgh pirates but, like, if Neil Huntington is the GM, right now, Jared Jones is still at double A, Anthony Solomedo is still at high A, Thomas Harrington is still at high A or low A, whichever one he started the year at. Like, those guys are getting their solid 20, 25 starts at that level before even thinking about moving them up. You know, 
uh, Sung Shi Chang, another guy who we've talked about a lot, who has just hit the cover off the ball at high A, now up to double A. He's only 21. Like, it, it's good to see this because just not on all fronts. It gets them to the majors quicker. It's better for the development because they're facing better competition. You, you know, it's, it's, it's on all fronts. It's positive. You're rewarding guys for performing, which can be big for confidence and whatnot. So yeah, that is one thing that this front office does do a very good job of. Yeah. Someone else we failed to mention too, uh, Paguero. He's, he's really come yeah. along well lately. Yeah, honestly, I thought we would see Paguero before Gonzalez simply because Paguero is already on the 40 man and the way he's hitting the ball. I thought we'd see Paguero get a shot at second base before Gonzalez. But um, yeah, I, mean, I, I thought that too, just yeah. because we saw him last year yes. already. And you but know, I wouldn't, I but wouldn't he, hate if, if, you know, I'm a, I think there's probably a pretty good shot. Castro is the one who goes for Nick Gonzalez here, but if that trio of him, Bay and Marcano continue to just stink it up at the plate, I wouldn't hate even throw Paguero at shortstop for a month until Cruz is back. Yeah. I don't need Paguero to go to triple a, um, no. he can come to double. He can come right up for me. Cause like you said, worst case you have Cruz coming back and then you can, you can send Lee over down to triple a from there. If, if he needs to be, you know, I think it's a good opportunity to kind of, to see if he can make that jump, but we'll see. Like you said, there's there's a lot of moving parts there at this point. Marty, you said Rodolfo Castro. You think Castro over Bay and Mercano today? That it, the reason I would think that. And by the time you listen to this, the roster move may have been made. And I'm probably wrong, but. In my mind, it's not going to be Bay because he can play center field at a very high level, and it's not going to be Marcano because he's been your primary shortstop. So it, it, that leaves Castro, and in my mind, carrying all four of those players just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Because um, like, if, if Gonzalez – if it's a day where Gonzalez is getting a day down, you can put Bay at second and you know move things around in the outfield. So it's just – in my mind, it doesn't make much sense to carry all four of them. And because Marcano has emerged as the primary guy at shortstop and Bay's ability to play center field, I don't, I don't think either of them go. Yeah. You know, and just the utility. Astro is not doing anything good right now either. No. Like his defense, like with Marcano, at least you know he's going to give you solid defense at multiple positions and better at bats. You know? Same thing with Bay. Like Bay is just not a good hitter at all. But he he's got the speed – he uh, he's got the speed element. He can play center field, so I, I think it's a similar position there. Where Bay's at least going to give you a glove in the outfield and some and a lot of speed. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, just the utility aspect of it, um, and and you say the same about Marcano here as well. Um, and the speed. I mean, you just can't. You know, I think clocked at top three. Uh, fastest in baseball right now so yeah i mean it makes all the sense in the world Rodolfo castro has been abysmal and uh you know a great opportunity this year with o'neill going down he was the first guy that, that was given that opportunity at shortstop um and the powers there of course um you know smooth player but uh the defense has just been abysmal and now at the plate you know he struggled as well like the the rest of this lineup has but uh yeah gonzalez on the way up here an exciting day um, for Nick Gonzalez, an exciting week with the Davis news as well. Um, there's been a lot of losing guys, but, uh, you know, there's still stuff, I think, to get up about. Our City Connect jerseys are here. 
um Rodolfo Castro part of the photo shoot there so it might be a little bit awkward if you send him down right now but uh that is probably the move that we're gonna have on the way here soon Pirates Marlins game number two tonight series wrapping up there on Sunday um I think we might have lost Nick there and I, I do need to uh get some some audio of the baby crying I might use that to open up our episode with everything going on but um you know Marty your final thoughts as uh, as we wrap it up here on this episode yeah, just excited to see what Nick Gonzalez can do with this opportunity. I mean, obviously, people who listen to the pod, read our site, the sort of thing. No, I've I've always he, he's a guy that for a better part of a year or so now I've had a lot of concerns about. Um, I've never been totally sold on him being a long term guy at second base, and now injuries have played a big role in that. But hey, here's his chance. He's hit the ball better of late. He's cut down on the strikeouts. Um, he was one of the best college hitters in his draft class. Let's throw him at second base. Like I said, make him your everyday guy at second base, move him forward, and let's see what he can do. See if he can provide a spark. Because, I mean, the Pirates second baseman have just – they've been abysmal this year. You know, as a group, I looked at the updated numbers after last night. As a group, they have a 318 on base percentage. Their war is a negative. They have a negative 12 defensive run save. Like, you've gotten – you've been getting absolutely nothing out of second base. So you might as well see if Gonzalez can at least give you something. That is unbelievable. I mean, that just doesn't even sound real. Uh, that's where we're at. Nick Gonzalez coming up to Pittsburgh. Henry Davis looking to continue it. First big league homer last night. Uh, until next time, for Nick Caparoso and Marty Leap, my name is Trey Anity. Guys, go check us out at rumbunter.com. Article coming out here on Nick Gonzalez, of course. Uh, article by Nick Caparoso on the City Connect jerseys and all kinds of other work uh, featuring the stuff that we talked about today. Check us out on Twitter as well, at rumbunter. Follow our tweets there. And, uh, hey, you know, maybe at some point the Pirates will um, listen to uh, to some of the tweets that, that come across our timeline and um, get a better general manager than, than Derek Shelton or something like that. Uh, until next time, guys, have a great weekend. Let's go, Bucks. Let's go get a few in Miami. We'll see you next week. Yeah, and that's a, a swing of the bat that he's never going to forget. You see that smile, well-deserved smile rounding those bases. Nice job right there by Henry Davis. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.